Welcome back to another episode on the Grow Your B2B SaaS podcast, where we discuss all topics on how to grow your B2B SaaS, no matter in which stage you are in. If you want to achieve hyper growth, you will need to automate processes. Marketing and client messaging will be included. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how to leverage marketing automation for your B2B SaaS, with the goal, of course, of allowing you to maintain hyper growth without sacrificing the customer experience. My guest today is Shay Ho, CMO at Active Campaign. And Active Campaign has more than 185,000 clients, an annual revenue of well beyond 165 million, and a year on year growth of 65% in 2021. And currently, they have more than 10,000 reviews on G2, which I think is really impressive. Next to his role, Shay is also the co founder of Lead Honestly, Chicago Camps, a mentor at Techstars partner at Prota Ventures and an advisory board member at G2. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Shay. Sure. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Nice. I am going to start with a really Dutch blunt question. Why should people listen to you today, Shay? Fair question. I am a bit of a journalist. I've done a lot in my career. The large part of that being in hypergrowth B2B SaaS businesses. I've led design teams, engineering teams, product teams, marketing teams, operations teams, strategy teams. So I hope I have a well-rounded perspective of what it looks like to be in a B2B marketing role and growing a business. And hopefully I have some good insights and tidbits to share. Nice. We're going to talk about marketing automation. I guess for people who don't know anything about marketing automation, how would you explain it to somebody who's unfamiliar with the, the topic? I'll give you two definitions. The first one would be really simple. And marketing automation is the use of software to automate marketing tasks and or workflows. The idea there is you're building automation in your processes to free up your time, to allow you to go focus on different things and do things that are perhaps more strategic in your business, enable you to scale in a way. That is probably the stock definition, the simplest version of it. What I like about marketing automation is the other side of it though, and that being the ability to use automation so that you can deliver the ideal, the absolute best customer experience for your customers. And you can do that regardless if you have 10 of them or you have 10,000. This idea that you could take all of your different tools or the ways you run your business, that you can integrate them into a platform, organize the data across them so that you can begin to segment your audiences and really deliver out what would be personalized messages or experiences and do that across all those different channels. So a way that you can really bring superpowers into your business through automation. It's not as simple as saying, hey, we're just going to build some automation in here to automate what might be the repetitive task we have. But truly think about automation as a strategic advantage in your business to deliver that ideal customer experience. Yeah, and I think you already mentioned it, like customer experience. So it's not just purely gaining new clients. It's definitely also segmenting the clients you already have and bringing yeah. them the message they, they need to get. Yeah, a lot of people think about it in the sense of you signed up for a newsletter, you submitted a form. So the version of automation is we're going to send you a follow-up and say, hey, thanks for subscribing. Here's my top 10 articles and here's ways to get in contact with us. Or the other form of it would be, we want to try and get you to take it in action. So we're going to email you. We're going to wait a day. We're going to email you again. We're going to wait a day. We're going to email you again. And when you take the action, we'll stop this automation. Those are standard forms of automation. It's a great entry point. It's a lot where people get started. 
but it's the tip of the iceberg. That is really where you are scratching where you could go. You can take that much further through different channels and different ways you can automate across objects and ways you can deliver more personalization. So that is the start of where automation really begins. Definitely makes sense. When we talk about marketing automation and one more basic question, like why and when should SaaS companies care about leveraging marketing automation? Let's separate those two. We'll do why and then when. On the why side, okay. we're talking a little bit about that customer experience, but it is fundamentally use automation to be more. You can be more personal when you're nurturing your leads or improving that customer engagement. You can build stronger relationships with them, fundamentally increase your chances of turning them into customers and keeping them around. Be more engaged, right? You can improve customer retention by keeping them coming back in different manners or staying close to actually what you're delivering. You can be more efficient then. You can save that time. You can save the energy or resources to be uh, more strategic and focus on different initiatives. So the why of automation is around allowing you just to be more in your business and allow your business to be more. When to do that, there's probably a few different breaking points you have as you, you grow and scale your business where automation can start to come in and play. One would just be that the simple idea of when you find yourself repeating something over and over, you're copying and pasting. Perfect example of we could probably automate this, right? We could actually bring in some tools and systems to solve this for us. I think the other more nuanced area is where you're unable to do what you want or fundamentally unable to do what makes you special, what you got started and why you built the business to begin with. And if there are ways to bring automation in that allow you to create a little bit of space and free time by which you can spend more time with your customers or in product development or whatever that kind of secret sauce was that allowed you to get started or was the reason you got started, you should use automation to bring that back. And the other side of it is if things are going so well that you're starting to slow down because you fundamentally can't scale, automation is the perfect place to bring in and say, hey, we can use automation to really help grow and accelerate what we're doing. Not only can we rebook the idea that the business is slowing down because we can't keep up with it, we could actually accelerate this. We could step on the gas a little bit further by bringing automation into that. And we can still be personal in how we do that, right? So it's not building automation in for the sake of automation, but by using it again as a, as a strategic advantage. And I think that's something maybe where a lot of SaaS companies at the beginning try to automate as much as they can. But I think, as you mentioned, like you, you want to think about it when you're copy pasting a lot and maybe you can't mm -hmm. deal with it anymore. At that point, you actually, you want to start thinking about it. Yeah. We tell folks too, we're a marketing automation platform, but you do not want to over automate either. At the end of the day, relationships are a key piece of how businesses work, right? You buy things from people, you work with them, you can remove all layers of human touch and that, that could be fundamentally flawed. Right, you could lose the connectivity or that personalization, just the experience someone's having and knowing that they're doing it with you as an individual. So bring automation in to, to help, to be supportive, to allow you to scale. But I don't know that you could look at automation and say that it's going to solve every single one of your problems and you can kick your feet up and stay away from the business. You should, you should still fundamentally stay into it and layer in that human touch where it is very important for where there's an opportunity to do something that's really special for your customers. Definitely makes sense. And when you talk about the other side, when should you not think about doing marketing automation? It's that when there's a moment or experience that is really best served by a human, where that human experience and that touch is very important. What those are in your business could be a plethora of different things, but there are areas where, you know, if you over automate that, people begin to feel that. They begin to think, I think there's a robot behind this. I'm not sure there's a person. And those are those become the key moments. Simple solutions, this would be, we can build automation in that every time someone bleats at us or mentions us on LinkedIn, that we have an automated follow-up response and that goes in there. But every now and then it's learning a little bit more about that person, typing out the response or doing something like 
sending them flowers that will catch their attention and then they'll be like, whoa, that, that was an experience that I don't usually receive from a company. That was unique, that was special. And I wanna share that or talk more about that. There's moments where I think you can over automate and that's when you should look to maybe take a step back and look where you can do something a little more special. Yeah, and in the end, you can still use automation to at least find those moments or the, the final yeah. moments and, and create a task for yourself, but to keep the personal aspect definitely in there. Yeah, it's such, a, it's such an important piece or point to, to pull out in that we use a lot of automation just purely to notify us of opportunities when we could go do that. So we use it to create tasks for ourselves and checklist of things where someone should go look at this or, or check in on this or follow up with this customer more so than just sending them an automated message. Yeah, we, you mentioned it a little bit already. I think some pitfalls SaaS companies encounter. Like what are the, the most common misconceptions maybe and pitfalls SaaS companies have when implementing marketing automation? Misconceptions, but pitfalls, we'll look at those differently. Because there's a few on the misconception side that I think hold people back from even getting started, if you will. And one of those is the idea that automation is difficult to use. That I, I got a lot to do in my business and I could go figure this out. And generally speaking, everyone I've met who running their own business, they're incredibly talented. They're very smart folks. But the idea that I don't know that I want to invest the time to go figure this out. Like it's just going to be faster for me to do it myself. And that's not true. There are visual editors, there are drag and drop interfaces, there are pre-built templates and recipes that allow folks to get started. And even at the campaign, we pride ourselves on being incredibly intuitive and approachable. We want to have a platform that is powerful, allows you to build complex experiences, but we don't want it to be a complex interface or a complex usage of that. You can get started relatively quickly in a relatively simple manner. The other misconception folks have though, that is, okay, if I understand that I could go do this myself, it's probably still very expensive, right? Like it's probably not affordable or approachable from that sense in my business. And that's just not the case either. Our pricing starts for what would be $29 a month. I spend more on coffee perhaps. Like it's very approachable in that sense. And when you go down that route where you're like, oh, it's very difficult to use and it's gonna be expensive. A lot of folks actually start to believe then that marketing automation is largely for larger businesses. That it is a tool more zoned in at mid-market to enterprise. I don't think that's the case either. We see a lot of small businesses sign up, use ActiveCampaign, find success, and are fundamentally able to grow and scale their organization in ways that they wouldn't have thought otherwise. Those would be some of the key misconceptions. I think maybe one of the other ones we've hit on a little bit is that marketing automation is impersonal, that it is the same message to every single person and that folks will just feel as if they're in a queue talking to a computer. When it's done well, it's the exact opposite. It's that sense that we have all data about someone, we're understanding where their interests are, their actions or behaviors they're taking, and we're customizing and personalizing the experience very true to them. And automation is helping guide that. So it is the opposite of impersonal. It feels so smooth that you're really starting to wonder, wow, like how do they know all of this and how are they leading in the right direction? I think the pitfalls, so someone who's, I'm using it or I'm getting into it, I'd say there's two things we often see and that is one where they over automate, right? Like they just go wild. Everything becomes an automation, a process and they remove what has made their business unique and that they start to actually lose a little bit of the character or personality they have because automation has, has kind of taken over. And the other side of that would be they've set it up, got it working, and they walked away from it in the sense that set it and forget it. And there's so much opportunity to, to look at what is working, what is not, where are the drop-offs in an automation, or where is there more engagement or the actions you're looking to see taken. There's a body of work to just continually iterate, refine, improve, adjust. The capabilities of automation continually change and evolve. So even what you set up last year, you could just do through different channels or adjust this year. So that idea of you just don't want to set it up and walk away from it. There's a, a layer of continued improvement you're going to want to make. 
Yeah, I think this makes a lot of sense. And I think these are indeed like a lot of misconceptions and, and pitfalls people have, like, especially with active campaign and other tools on the market. Like it does not have to be expensive anymore. And I think indeed, like with the visual editors, like it's super easy to set up. You just need to get your data in the system. And after that, you should be able to create like your first flows and go from there. Yeah. I do think people are like are a bit scared sometimes as well to over automate or I guess that they don't know when it's being triggered at one point. That's what you're going to get in bigger organizations. But to start out with, that shouldn't be the case. Yeah. If you would implement marketing automation in, in, in an organization, what would be your process? I love this question. This is something we talk a lot about at ActiveCampaign because there's so many folks signing up and using automation. And one of the things we prided ourselves on is a phrase we use in that we want to make the whiteboard real. And what we mean by that is when you start automating, one of the things you should do is actually go to a whiteboard and start to map out what you want that customer experience to be. And we want to do that because there's a temptation to jump into the platform, to start building it and just going to town. And you miss a lot of opportunity and you start to be confined or constrained into what you think the tool is capable of or what you're seeing as a possibility where if you go to the whiteboard and you truly think about this is what that customer experience should be. We can build that. We can find ways to do that in an automation. Don't constrain yourself or limit your thinking uh, on the forefront. So go to the whiteboard, map it all out, and then let's think about how to build it. And we can do that one at a time, right? We can start with one automation and slowly build that out. In doing that, you also have to think about all the different things you're going to need to make that experience come true. If it's on a whiteboard, you can really start to think about what, what type of data would I need to have some conditional logic that would change the flow of that automation or would change the messaging? And then where does that data come from? What are the sources of it? How would I get that organized in a way that we can take action on it? How do we layer in or build out the integrations that allow that data to come into the place of organization? Putting that on a whiteboard allows you to actually think through all of that and get it organized before you just jump in and start to go down a path that you get too deep into, or you do it the first time, but the moment you try and add that second automation, you have to work within the constraints of how you set the first one up and the data structure of it, et cetera. There's a lot we'll do at Active Campaign to help with that. Like we have a unified data model. So when you want to talk about a purchase or revenue, we have different ways to, you could have revenue coming from different integrations that will help you unify that. We'll also build out some maps that let you see where all your automations are and which ones are starting other ones or staffing other ones. So we'll help give you ways to organize all those automations and bring those ideas to life. So then again, it's not difficult to get started to do, but we always ask folks, start on the whiteboard, really map out what you want that ideal customer experience to be, and then we'll help you build that out. Yeah. And when you drag that tool towards a SaaS company, so mapping out that customer experience is probably then going from website visit to sign up, from mm -hmm. sign up to trial, from trial to premium. Like what would be your first automation you would set up? And maybe like even taking active campaign in this case, an example, like where would you start if there's nothing in place right now? Good question. You have nothing in place. Oh, think about how do you get customers? What is the source of those customers? And where do they come to you? And how do you engage with them from there? And how would you like to engage with them? What limitations are you facing in some of that engagement? And I'll go to the whiteboard and start to draw that out. So in a SaaS business, let's hypothetically speaking here, let's say there's a, a free trial. So someone's coming in, they're ideally submitting a form, giving you an email address, perhaps telling you a little bit about themselves. Maybe it's their website or their industry they're in and they're signing about it. I would be building out nurturing that is tied to, that is trying to engage them and guide them to the aha moment of that SaaS business. So to put this in context of active campaign, the aha moment is actually building out your first automation. So you sign up, create a trial, we'll send you an email welcoming you, hey, here's where you can get some resources some guides to get set up, but then we'll wait a day and see, did you take any actions in the platform? So if you clicked on automations and you started one, but you never activated it, 
we'll send you an email that's, hey, glad you got started building out your automation. Doesn't look like you got finished. How can we help? And if what we know about your vertical, we might guide you in some ways of, here's a few recipes you might use to set up an automation. Here's ways to get into our office hours, or here's how to ways to reach out to our customer experience team. We give them one experience if they didn't get that automation live. If they did, totally different. They get an email that's, congratulations, Jerome, you did an awesome job building your first automation. That's perfect. Let's talk about how to send an email campaign or how to do something through a different channel. Or because you built this automation and you use this trigger and these actions, we know that related automations also look like this. And here might be the second automation you want to set up. So we're fundamentally changing the experience based off of the behaviors you're seeing or what you're doing and just guiding to what would be that aha moment and ultimately into how do we get you to be a paying customer in that conversion. So the SaaS side would be thinking a little bit about that and what are all kind of those key moments throughout that we'd start to layer in some messaging or automations around. Exactly. And I think this this goes really well with the user onboarding uh, podcast we did with Ildefonso as in uh, define like the moment indeed or the thing you want clients to do within maybe the first 15 minutes or 20 minutes when they log in or at least something they can do themselves within a yeah. short time frame. And if they do that, they're more likely to become a paid client. So conversion rates go up. So if you define that, then you can tailor the messaging regarding that. And then from there, take them forward, basically. Yeah. Don't set it and forget it. There's always ways to improve. So examples, even just in, in SaaS over time, we'll look at things of what was that customer's origination source? Did they come through a referral of a website? And do we know what that website was? And maybe they were coming from you know G2 and doing some comparison shopping. So our messaging is going to be a little tighter around where active campaign is better than some of others in our market or industry, or maybe they came through on a paid ad campaign and we know the keyword that they are searching. If they're searching for pricing, we'll make sure we put pricing in some of that messaging. So we're always looking at what are the different data signals we have to change that experience to not only make it more personal and answer the questions they have, but also optimize around some of the conversion events we would love to see. So again, you could play with it in a lot of different ways or nuances. So it's getting started and finding ways to iterate, improve, and fundamentally just make it more personal from there. Yeah, and I think as you mentioned, like start really basic and then from there iterate and, and create more versions and, and make them more personalized from there. I think that's a really good approach. You hopefully implemented some of your own marketing automation campaigns. What are the most significant challenges you face that maybe also what your clients are, are facing when implementing it? We have a bit of a meta story in that we've grown Active Campaign by using Active Campaign, right? Yeah. So it is our fundamental tool of record. It, runs all of our automations, all of our email marketing. It's our CRM for the sales team. We do everything in and around our own platform. So a blessing in that sense that we can use it to grow, but also using it, we're learning a lot about how to market it. So it's some of the challenges we have faced in that we've been doing this a long time. So if you go into our account, you are going to find hundreds of automation, a lot to a point to where it could be challenging to actually understand or begin to see is the customer experience we're providing because we have triggers that start automations off of all these different events. Some of those are behavioral based. Some of those are based off of maybe we're adding a tag to that contact profile to start something. So there's been some situations where we have lost a little control where we're like, oh, oh my goodness, maybe we are over emailing this person or we've overdone our automated experience in this way. How do we actually get a grasp of understanding that? And this is one of the blessings in that we've been able to build some tools to actually assist us with that. So this idea of you're able to go into a contact record and see their entire journey. So that is every automation they've been in, where they're at in those or how far they got through those, any one-off emails that have been sent, any of the website pages they're visiting, et cetera. So we built some tools that allow us to see that. We've even taken that further down into building out some maps around our automations to say what automation is starting a different one, what automation might potentially be stopping one. And those can be very literal 
and that there's an automation action that says when you get to this point, stop the automation on the other side of this or start this next automation. And they could be inferred in that this automation might add a tag to a contact, but by adding that tag, it does start this other automation. So we actually built on a feature we call the automation map that allows you to see all those automations and where there are the direct or indirect kind of starts and stops in them and how those all stack or cascade into one another, which has been very beneficial for us. Yeah, and I can imagine you guys are your super user, especially with company growing so fast that yeah. you are gonna overdo it. Like everybody, of course, wants to use their own tool and know exactly how it works. So it's, I think it's also be a challenge, like who manage what at one point and go and see that. Yeah, yeah. there's no less than a dozen people in our account, even just building automations on a daily basis and then adjusting and tweaking those. That doesn't include the hundreds of other people logging in to do things in the CRM or send in individual email campaigns or build a landing page. So there's a, there's no shortage of people involved in it. So having some tools to actually manage and scale that has been critical. Growing a B2B SaaS is tough. We know. This is why we started Redditus. We help you to grow your monthly recurring revenue without high upfront costs. How? By leveraging someone else's network and only giving away a commission when they deliver you a paid client. It's called affiliate marketing. It's already a really cost-effective and scalable revenue channel. We even made it better for you. With Redditus, you can start for free and only start paying us when you generate revenue. Learn more at www.getredditus.com. I know there's a lot of companies struggling to get the most out of their marketing automation tools. What kind of advice or, or strategies would you suggest? A little bit of what we've covered in that idea of map it out, put it on the whiteboard, and then start small. Don't overcook it or try and do too much too fast. So the idea of automate something relatively simple and then gradually expand, add to it, grow as you're learning more and where it suits you. In that, I would say there's probably maybe four things I would keep top of mind. And one is use a variety of channels. Don't just think about automation being something that is email marketing. There are a lot of other channels you can layer into automation. You can do it through social media. You could do it through SMS. You can use push notifications. You can even build fundamentally automation into apps that don't have them just solely by integrating them into your marketing automation platform. So use a variety of channels. Don't think email is the one and be all throughout it. The second piece would be that detail of personalization. You really want to personalize that content so that it truly is reaching a moment of engagement. And that person is saying, that message was written for me. It's not just the stock standard boilerplate message. And you can do that through segmentation. You can do that through tools like dynamic content. There's no shortage of ways that you can start to actually layer and structure that out. You need to make sure you're taking actually advantage of that and not just having what would be more of a workflow of an automation where everyone gets the same thing, but you're actually digging into the layer of personalization. In doing that, I don't see you have to be creative. It, there's a lot of competition. There's crowded marketplaces for most folks. So it's important you're doing something that is going to allow you to stand out, that is going to be differentiated in how you reach those folks. The message you send them or the automated experience they have feels like that of any other. You're probably not capturing their attention or getting their eye on what you want. So you really have to get a little more creative in what that looks like. And the fourth piece I'll say around that is be of value, right? When you're in that creative sense, if you're doing something that someone finds to be practical, applicable, it's not overly promotional, or it's not too high level of a thought or ask, but they can see it and understand what that is, and it's of value to them, where they're learning or growing, 
that's where you're going to see the most action. And I think that can be easy to lose sight of in that there's so much effort and work that goes into just building an automation or structuring and setting this up. You cannot lose sight of really what the goal is or the customer experience you're out to create, right? So almost starting there and then finding how to get that into an automation, somewhat of a backwards approach, but it's going to be the right way to do it. Yeah. Use a variety of channels, personalize your content, be creative and make sure you're adding value. Do the four ways. Yeah, and, and I do want to highlight as in personalized content is, as you mentioned, can be on segmentation. So it could be on certain actions or certain things which are happening, certain data points. So it doesn't have to be the content in the email. Well, it's going to be the content in the email, but it's also the triggering. When are you actually triggering an email? And then it could be pretty standard towards everybody, but it could be the, the moment, the aha moment, maybe a celebration moment, maybe yeah. even like the other opposite, a down moment, but be there yeah. and be a value, yeah. as you mentioned. I need to give you like a deeper example that might be interesting. And a lot of times people will think, oh, we should use personalization tags or merge tags where rather than saying, hi there, I could say, hi, Jordan. And they think that is the layer of personalization. And it is, it certainly helps, right? Like it does bring a little human aspect to it, but there are things, for example, we have a feature we call predictive content where you can go into an email and you could write five different versions of it, or you could have artificial intelligence write five different versions of an email. And you might do one that is more formal in tone. You might do one that's more passive or more casual in tone. You might do one that's longer with much more detail, or you might do one that's shorter and then links up to a website that has that detail. And we'll use a layer of artificial intelligence to begin to predict what type of messaging resonates best with that individual and we'll send it for you, right? So truly to a very granular level, you're allowing the algorithm to actually think about and decide, hey, Chase busy, he gets a lot of emails. He's most likely to open, engage and click through on this when you send it to him at you know 7 a.m. So that's when we're gonna send it. And the message he needs is going to be the more passive or casual tone and very short, right? So that's the message we're going to send him as well. And the tools help you do that. And again, it's not complicated. It's actually easy to set up and get started with. So there's layers of personalization that when we say personalization, it could mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. It's almost too vague, but the tools really do allow you to start to dial that in into the ways you want. Yeah, this is really interesting. I wanted to ask you, like, how do you see the future of marketing automation? I think this is already a sneak peek as in using AI to predict which message resonates best yeah. with a receiver. Any other yeah. plans for marketing automation? <laughs> I'll stay on the theme of AI then for a minute. We've been doing things in AI for years, honestly. So before the current wave of what would be the generative AI, we've had things like yeah. predictive sending, predictive content, lead or contact scoring, or win probability have all been in the system. We've certainly done more around yeah, how we actually do some content generation through different messaging channels. I think where we're headed and even what we're experimenting with now is this idea that given a prompt in the app, just describe the automation you want, where it could be, hey, I want to send an email. And then if someone opens it, I want to send them a different email and say this message. If they didn't open it, I want to resend that email with a different subject line to try and get them to open it. After those two experiences, if no one clicks through, I want to send them a separate message or reach out to them via LinkedIn or something. You just type it out. You just describe what you want. And then fundamentally, AI will just go build that automation for you uh, and, and set it up and structure it with you. And I think you can even take that uh, step further where you're not even describing the automation. You're describing the marketing motion you want. So I could go into AI and type something to the sense of, I'd like to sell more tickets to this event. And then, okay, cool. We're going to build the automation for that. We're going to write the email content for it. We're already integrated to Eventbrite, so we know the event you're talking about. So we're going to 
create a coupon code for you and we're going to sell 20 tickets with the coupon code and then we're going to raise the price. Like I think AI will actually get to a point to where it can really recommend and start to guide you down all of the different paths. Now, what I think we're going to need in that though is still giving the marketer and team control. I don't think anyone's ready to just really with this and say the robots can have it, let the algorithms do this. They're wrong someday. So we need to be able to actually guide it and say, go build it. Let me go in, adjust it, edit it, change the messaging, move certain things around, remove things, ask for new things to be added. You still have to have the control yourself to actually manage it and scale that. But I think AI is going to be in a place to where we'll largely be able to describe what we want and it will help build that out. So the tools will actually get even easier to use as time goes on. Yeah, and I think for you guys as well, your user onboarding is just going to decrease in time because if your goal is to have people set up an automation and they can just describe what they want and it's going to be perfect for your own MR growth as well. Yeah. Nice, nice. And I think, as you mentioned, if you're able to have AI build it, then create the messaging and even predict which message resonates best, I think yeah, it's a really nice combination. That is not in the so distant future, right? Like we already have some of the content generation capabilities there. We have the content predictabilities there, which one's going to resonate and work. We even have the idea of you describe an automation and we can go build it. And we're testing that with a number of clients in production today. So that is live in many scenarios. I think that idea will only continue to grow, evolve, and get a little further and where you really just start describing the type of marketing you want rather than the automation you want. And we'll, we'll be able to help you there. As well. I won't ask you when this is live, but as you mentioned, <laughs> some things are already live. People want to see it, go check it out. We're coming uh, to the final four questions. Like, first of all, starting with uh, advice for SaaS founders in certain stages. To begin with, what kind of advice would you give a SaaS founder who's now just starting out and grow to 10K monthly recurring revenue? If you're you're in the motion of growing to 10K and MRR, my hypothesis is your business, you're still trying to find that niche. You probably don't have that product market fit quite aligned, but you have strong senses and you're on the right path to do it. Stay focused there. Stay focused on that market. Who are you trying to reach? What are their needs? What are their pain points? tailor your product, your service to them, stay absolutely incredibly close to them. That's going to be the path to actually being able to build and start to scale. In that, don't forget the marketing side of it. And it's easy to skip, but thinking about your brand, building that out is going to be what really starts to help set you apart from what might be in the competitive marketplace. And if you're doing that in a way that is memorable, albeit authentic, and it becomes relevant to that audience, that's gonna support you for a while. In that same scenario, customer service is key. Like staying close to that target market also means you're providing them the best customer service because that word of mouth and referral could be one of your largest channels of growth and how you're going to get more folks on board. So stay close to them, not only in the sense that you can learn from them and use that to adjust or evolve, but it can also drive that referral for your business as well. Yeah, because in the end, you're, as you mentioned, you're building the, the foundation in a way with good clients and make sure that they start referring you once you you start growing further. When we get past the 10K monthly recurring revenue, and now we're growing towards 10 million ARR, I know it's a big step. What kind of advice would you give SaaS founders here? On the path to 10 million ARR, a lot of it becomes about some of the soft skills and the criticality of the team you're building and the culture you're setting. So don't be shy about how you're focusing on how you're growing and building that team and being critical about, are we hiring the right people? Are we setting the right culture? Have we defined our values? And are we hiring, promoting people, holding them accountable to those values? And are we holding that bar actually high enough 
for the company we want to build and establish. And alongside that, you're also focusing on how does the team work? Are we building a level of operational excellence into what might be some more of the formal functions or disciplines in the business? So do we have the right measurement tools in place? Do we have the right project management in place? And is all of that built in a way that is fundamentally serving our customers? So it's not tools for the sake of having a process or just having a layer of documentation around who's doing what, but really is it geared, is it oriented into providing value for our customers? In a Goldilocks approach, do we have the right amount of process for ourselves in that moment? Not too much, but not too little in a sense where you're able to actually grow the business through that. So yeah, a lot of that into the, the 10 million AR side, it's, it's team and it's culture and a lot of the initial takes of processes. Yeah, and I think as it is a big step, uh, processes will will change and, and break. As you mentioned, don't have too many because in the end, they will probably change as well during yeah. begin and, and end of the journey. Yeah. Any kind of advice or encouragement you can give to, to SaaS entrepreneurs out there which are now on, on their journey? I always admire folks on that SaaS entrepreneurship path and that you are doing something so few folks rarely do. Right. So a few folks actually dare to do that. So it is hard. It is challenging. It may be one of the most difficult things you end up doing. No, in that path, you're not alone. There are other SaaS entrepreneurs out there who are going through a lot of the same challenges you are. You can network with them. You can support one another. You can grow. You can fundamentally do that together. Really valuable in that. In the same sense, you're, you're doing something of fundamental value. You are on that journey because you likely identified a problem and you have found a real need that you want to go out and solve. All angles point to that actually being making a difference in the world. And making a difference usually doesn't come easy. It's going to be difficult. You're also capable of a lot of great things though, right? Not everyone gets into this and runs with that idea. You've dared to do it. You're capable of a lot to just do that. You have the right skills. You have the right knowledge. You have shown the level of determination to actually go out and build a successful business. A lot of self-doubt can creep in. A lot of questions of, do I have the ability to do this? Or am I just getting lucky? It could be a mix of both, but just know that the sense of what you're doing so few people actually dare to do. And there should be a lot of pride in that. And don't be afraid to reach out for help. There's no shame in doing that either. Exactly. And I think that, that's what you mentioned at the beginning. Like you're not alone. There's communities out there. There's Juventus there, mm -hmm. which where you can mingle with other uh, SaaS founders. And if you don't know where to find them, then just ping me because I, I will have a list for you to, uh, to go through and check out which fits uh, you best. The final question, what is one thing you wish you knew 10 years ago, Shay? What I wish I knew 10 years ago is something I often remind myself of. And when I say often, not just every year, almost every quarter, in the sense that I'm going to contribute more to my own problems than I'm going to realize. And I don't have to. And that, what I mean by that is anytime I run into an issue or, or someone generally just speaking has a, uh, that problem arises under, there's a, a different belief or different understanding of Jordan, you want one thing, I want something else. And we're going to argue or maybe clash our heads against that. And there's a different path through that. And that could just be one of, I need to understand where you hold your belief, where that belief came from. We probably have different experiences in our life. And just because your belief is different than mine, that doesn't mean that you are wrong and that I'm fundamentally right. And I'd be better served by changing how I think, learning a little bit more about you and bringing new perspective into this. And that could shine a light on a lot of different opportunities that I'm not seeing and, and fundamentally brings people a lot closer together, right? And this idea that people aren't obstacles, there's fundamentally opportunity in just learning about them and finding ways to work together and recognizing that I might get in my way more often than not there. And that you have to keep an eye open to where maybe your bias is too strong and you need to recognize there's something to learn from everyone and it's your responsibility to figure out what that is. So don't run through life full charge, like actually try and get to learn, you know, more about people along the way. 
Nice. I think that's really good, good closing advice here. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming on to the show. If we want to get in contact with you, Shay, what would be the best way to do? Yeah, absolutely. Best way to reach out to me would be LinkedIn. It's Shay Howe on LinkedIn. Fortunately, I have a pretty unique name. You'll find me relatively quickly. And then if you're interested in Active Campaign and want to learn more, you can go to activecampaign.com, create that free trial. And if you have feedback, reach out, let me know. If you have questions, if something doesn't make sense, any thoughts or ideas you have, I would love to hear from you. So please do not hesitate to reach out. Nice. We're going to add links to, to both, so to Active Campaign and to yourself so people can find it really quickly and, and easily. Thanks again uh, for coming on to the show today, Jay. Yeah, Jordan, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. No worries. You've been listening to Growing a B2B SaaS. Yoran has been ahead of customer success before founding his own startup. He's experiencing the same journey you are. We hope you've gotten some actionable advice from the show. And we hope you had fun along the way. We know we did. Make sure to like, rate, and review the podcast in the meantime. To find out more and to hook up with us on our social media sites, go to www.getreadiness.com. See you next time on Growing a B2B SaaS.